What up? How's everybody feeling on this Monday? Hopefully you're dried out of what we had to go through over that last uh, little over 36 hours, that 24-hour stretch. My goodness. Uh, we needed the rain. I guess we can't be too picky and too choosy, but, man, we got so much in such a short amount of time. Hopefully everybody is well and get ready for a new week of action here on Sports 1140 KHTK. We welcome you in. I'm Jason Ross. Glad you are here with us. We say hello and wave to all of you on YouTube. Thank you for checking us out there on the app, on smart speakers, over the radio at Sports 1140. Whichever way you take it in, we appreciate it. We're glad you're here on this Monday. We've got 90 minutes of show today before Monday night football to wrap up the week of the NFL, which, by the way, was not the best of the NFL. And again, talking about can't be picky or choosy, I think the NFL's had a great year. We've had so many Mondays coming in here talking about amazing drama and an amazing theater on most of the Sundays. Eh, wasn't the best. Yesterday, certainly mixed results for the Raiders and the Niners. Some teams really stood out, I think, with what the Titans did and what the Bengals did. But we didn't get a lot of the, okay, morning games down to the wire, afternoon, evening, just, you know, great, great drama. But we had decent football over the weekend. Certainly we will talk about that. We will get a lot into the NBA and the Sacramento Kings first weekend at home uh, did not go the way they had hoped that's for sure and they get ready for their next game which will be Wednesday in Phoenix Kings begin a four-game road trip we'll talk a lot about Sacramento we'll talk a lot about what people are saying about the Kings right now including uh, rookie defensive stopper Davion Mitchell uh, we got the weekend roundup we will get you to the crossover all leading you up to Monday Night Football Saints and uh, Seahawks but let's start you out as we always do right off the top of the show with first things first First things first. first. All right, it is the Kings. That's where we're going to begin. And the Sacramento Kings, after the win in Portland, in which they kind of had to hang on to do it, but it doesn't really matter how, as long as you get it done, and they did. But you wonder if, okay, that one game, is there any early signs? Are there any things to worry about? A second-half defense, maybe fourth-quarter offensive woes? Well, yeah, those two things did carry over into Friday night, into Sunday. Let's take you back first to Friday night, the home opener against the Jazz. Quinn Snyder waves down the floor to Luke Walton. The Kings tonight, a competitive effort, but over the last five minutes, they were outscored 15-6, to and thus the ball game was decided. Yeah, that was the G-man on Friday night. So a loss to the Jazz, if we kind of start with that game, um, that game, you know, again, we talk about there's no moral victories. I really liked the way the Kings played on Friday night. I liked it a lot. I thought they were very competitive, very uh, emotional, spirited, defensive-oriented. They gave up more points in the second half. They kind of seemed to lose their legs a little bit late in the game. And that game on Friday felt that you had two teams that looked very even as the game went along, and then you get to the last five minutes in a tie game, who finished better? the team that's played more games together with that main core of uh, the same coach, same unit, same team that's been in higher level games than the Sacramento Kings have been in. And it just felt like they knew how to win. They knew what plays to make. Uh, Kings had foul issues that night with Rashawn Holmes. So then coach Walton elected to go small. They needed points. And, you know, the Kings still got stops with basically Harrison Barnes playing the five, but they couldn't figure out how to move Gobert around enough to get the open looks to take advantage of having five skilled perimeter players on the floor. Instead, I think the Kings were guilty of, all right, well, let's get it to whoever Gobert's guarding and take a three. That's not exactly what they needed. Uh, I'm sure they hadn't played that five together before. 
Um, and so we got a, we got a little taste of that on Friday. I will tell you, there's a few people I know with the Jazz broadcast crew. They talked. I talked to them after the game. And said, "Man, you guys, you guys are much better. You guys are going to be good." And like, well, I believe they will be. I really do. But that was a loss. You're one and one. So then uh, you go to last night. Second chance at it again on the weekend, taking on the undefeated Warriors team. Pitch. Pass goes to Porter, kicks to a wide open Wiggins in the corner, and that is a huge three knocked down by Golden State. Timeout taken by Sacramento. A minute 50 to go for the first time tonight. We have a 10 point separation, and it favors Golden State 115 to 105. Much like I said, similarities from game one that went into game two and to game three. Kings are doing some good things. You can tell this team is better. If you're watching this team play, if you've been at any of the two home games, if you've listened to them on the radio, the team is better. Now, we could say that, full stop, blanket statement, that's fine. You want to start getting results. They have played good teams. But, you know, let's look at a team like last night, the Warriors, who, yes, I know they're undefeated. They're 3-0. That's still not the best version of what we're going to see of this team. I mean, Clay's not there yet. Iguodala's out last night. That's a key piece. Wiseman wasn't there. I think the Warriors could have been defeated last night. And I think the the Kings played better, believe it or not, against the Jazz than they did against the Warriors for four quarters. They shot better at times yesterday uh, with that great first half shooting beyond the arc, and then the shot started to go. And that's the other theme we've seen for three games. Fourth quarter offense has let down Sacramento. And there's a couple of things going on right now. Specifically, I would say game two and game three that you hope are just blips that aren't constant things that are going to continue. But the team has been very, very turnover prone. I mean, very turnover prone. And last night, going into the game, the one area that has hurt the Warriors, they've been careless with the basketball. Well, they took care of the ball. The Kings did not. That was one of the major things uh, I felt that was different with the game yesterday is their ability to protect the ball while the Kings' inability to protect the ball. So you had that. And then there's one other area that's not even of concern at all right now to me just yet, but something to watch. I think we would all agree that know this team, know the way the roster is made up, who the best player is. It's De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron Fox hasn't been bad. That would be unfair. But he hasn't been the all-star type version that I think a lot of us saw last year, and expected to see more of this year. So think about these fourth quarters where De'Aaron was a great closer last season, really the last couple of seasons. And I don't think we've seen his best play yet, that's for sure. I thought he had a little bit of a slow preseason. He had the one game that he was absolutely terrific, and it reminds you of how great he is. And there was a couple of times over the weekend, but more specifically last night, where you could just tell, all right, I'm going to dictate the terms of the game, and he stepped on the gas. And he went and he attacked the basket and really, really did some damage. It hasn't happened as much as we'd expect. It will happen. I would say he's off to a slow start. And if your best player is off to a slow start, makes it more difficult. Right now, Harrison Barnes is the one that's doing a lot of carrying the team, along with the collective But the one that's playing the best from start to finish for all three games has been Harrison Barnes. Now, that still could be a good thing. You just hope that De'Aaron Fox will do his part of the heavy lifting because most of the time, that's what he does. He is 
in a spot now when you are considered and paid like a franchise player. You're asked to play well every game. And it doesn't happen, but when those numbers are poor or not the usual and you lose, it shows up more. Happened to DeMarcus. It happened to Chris Webber. Happened to Mitch Richmond. Whatever kind of the faces of the franchise have been, um, you you are asked to do a lot. And they're because people think you can, and De'Aaron can. He certainly can. So right now, I'm not worried about it. It's three games. If it's eight, if it's 10, if it's 15 games, you get more worried. But I like what I see for the most part from this team. There are areas that certainly need to get better, and I believe that Fox will help a lot if he does that. And here was uh, Luke Walton after the game talking about those struggles right now from De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I thought tonight uh, he did a little bit. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that – as quick and as aggressive as he is, uh, he shoots one free throw in a game where we only shoot 13. Uh, and the other team, you know, he's got plus 10 on us on that. And um, so I think part of it is, you know, there's probably some frustration from not getting a whistle. And then he's trying to get himself going. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's expecting big things from himself this year, as we are. So, um, you know, I've said multiple times, he's, he, he's the, the head of the snake for us. And, um, you know, he knows he needs to play better and, and he will. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, trying to find that, that rhythm still. Yep. I agree. Agree exactly with what he said. It's coming. It'll happen. There'll be games where we're just reminded how gifted and special of a player he is. Just hasn't happened yet. He hasn't been awful. That's too far to go. Just hasn't been the best version of himself. So I look at it, three games, you got to win. You have two losses, competitive in all of them. I think they clearly look better. Keep our eye on the second half defense, fourth quarter offense, turnovers lately. Um, I think they've rebounded well. I think they've, um, you know, they're, they're looking to shoot the threes. And that would be another area that I think at times this team has, has been guilty of in the short amount of games that we've seen. Um, Utah got ahead by just a couple baskets last night. I mean, that game was still in the balance while the Kings are struggling in the fourth quarter. Maybe it's a two-possession game and they're down six. And there's not a six-point play. You don't have to get a three. You, you Too many times early in the offense they're shooting a hurried three that might be there later in the shot clock. There was four minutes to go. There's plenty of time. Two will work. Get to the line. That'll work. Uh, it just feels like they, they then at times shift into I'll save the day on an individual performance when they weren't really playing that way before that. So um, the other areas I thought that hurt them yesterday, specifically against the Warriors, the early part of the fourth quarter. Again, Kings led by two at the first quarter, by two at the half, down two going into the fourth. And this was the moment I said, all right, here's where you got you to gotta jump on the Warriors. Draymond was out. Steph was getting his rest. Thought, okay, if when they come back in, if the Kings can be up maybe two or three possessions would be great. I don't know how long Kerr would leave him out. Well, he was leaving him out, had him at the scorer's table for about two minutes, but there was not a stoppage of play until he called a timeout. But they rested for seven minutes, and when they came back in, the Warriors were up six. Now, Steph didn't score in the fourth, but the ability of what you have to do defensively to watch him and then Draymond's just heads-up basketball awareness and IQ – when the Kings are double-teaming him in the backcourt, Draymond would get that inbound and just sprint and apply so much pressure with the basketball on the Kings without numbers defensively, while the Warriors had numbers. Um, he was just a smart player that's been through those moments and ha- had his teammate get doubled like that. And it's like, okay, I can handle it. I will do it. I will help out. And uh, the Warriors just finished better than the Sacramento Kings. So the Kings begin a four-game road trip. That'll start to Wednesday in Phoenix. 
and you got to see if the Kings can can build off some of the things. There are some building blocks here. Certainly, it was a very good preseason. I think they've identified their rotations, uh, you know, for the most part, right? You're seeing maybe more minutes some night for some people, but Coach Walton knows who he wants to get in there, and they got to just uh, execute a little bit more. Here's one more comment from the coach on that loss to the Warriors. Way too many mistakes tonight. Nineteen. Uh, t- tough, tough loss. Uh, we we really we way too many mistakes tonight. Tw- Nineteen turnovers, twenty nine points. Um, you know it's it's going to be hard to win games like that. Um, so look, I, we're frustrated. Um, we're we're going we're going to be fine as as a team. Uh, that's a, that's another really good team we just played and. Um, you know, we we didn't do a good enough job of, of taking care of the ball, and then making making it hard on others. We, you know, Steph had Steph did what he's going to do, but we made made the night hard on him. Uh, he missed some shots, but then the rest of the guys had too much. So um, we're going to get better. Uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to win some games, uh, but it was a, another tough one for us tonight. Yeah, the areas where the Kings have improved in the three games: Dame Lillard, Donovan Mitchell. Steph Curry, the best players on those opposing teams of all, it's been more difficult for all of them. It's clear. You can tell that. Now, Steph missed shots, but those were covered. They were guarded. They were um, – and he he's, does a good job of, of finding his time and still getting to the line. I think he drew one foul shooting three, but um, they've just played so much together. They do a great job of finding him. But of the teams they've played, I still think the Jazz are better than the Warriors, and that's why last night was one that bothered me more than the the, the Jazz game. I thought the Kings played really well against the Jazz, just couldn't quite execute at the end. Same thing happened last night, but I I think the Warriors are beatable. That's a team that's got a really favorable schedule from here on out. They're 3-0, or not here on out, but here for a while. Um, And I think it's going to get better as the year goes along, where the Jazz are seasoned and ready to go and thrive you know, from from the shoot, they've played so much together, and their main group is all back together. So it's just okay. The season stopped, and now they're back going again from being a one seed in, in a playoff run. So that one's more disappointing to me, losing to the Warriors last night. But got to keep going. Four game road trip, like we said, starts Wednesday in Phoenix. Much more on the Kings. Some things we've liked, some things we haven't, and a reaction around the league already on what we've seen from uh, super rookie Davion Mitchell. That's all coming up on the show. First things first. Garoppolo in trouble, dancing in the pocket, looking, looking, and he's finally going to be brought down and sacked by DeForest Buckner. And Buckner ends it with a sack. Indianapolis wins it in week number seven. Colts prevail 30-18. to Kind of fitting there from the Colts radio network. Yeah, you saw the game. I mean, last night, you know what the weather was like here. Certainly in Santa Clara, it was the same. Just an absolute monsoon but that doesn't matter that's what the Niners had to play in they're 0-3 at home 2-4 and overall lost by 12 had some chances had some opportunities certainly the rain was a problem but the Colts are playing in at two and uh, let's hear from some particulars here uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on the weather it was my first time wearing gloves they actually worked out really well so I thought thought I could spin it pretty well still in it like I said in the beginning it was a lot less than it was later on in the game as it started to pick up more and more it became difficult at times with the footing and everything but we've played and stuff like this before so it wasn't anything crazy so that's Jimmy G there more from uh, Jimmy G we're a tight team right now I think so it starts with me no doubt about it but you know we got a good group of guys and like I said we gotta go back to work now 
Okay, so it feels broken for the time being, right? In football, just like I was talking about the Kings, you can you can fix it fast. It, all it takes is a win, but they've had the bye now. They have injuries. Uh, you have a coach in Kyle Shanahan that was asked if Jimmy G is going to be the starter this week against the Bears, basically saying, I guess so. <laughs> well, what is it? What do I always say? You're as good as your options. I, I don't. I think all along, if they felt Trey Lance was ready to go, they would have done it. I don't think they did anything out of a favor to Jimmy G. He has not dominated that position. Uh, Trey Lance, when he's had an opportunity, shows what he can be, but hasn't done it consistently, and he's hurt. So this is a problem right now for this team that is talented but not playing well enough. Here's one more from Jimmy G on his own injury, if that affected the way he played uh, last night. It held up, I'll say. <laughs> Definitely felt it at times. You know, it sort of is what it is. I think all the guys out there, we're all playing with something right now. So it's that point of the season. Yeah, it's still early enough that it's not getting better. Shanahan, when asked about uh, Jimmy G as a starting quarterback, gave that Mark Spears answer. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it was. I mean, it was not, well, it was almost like, well, I have to start somebody. And yeah, he's QB1. Like, that's what it felt like. Uh, here's Shanahan himself on on where they are now with the four-game losing streak. I'm pretty down on there right now. I mean, losing four games in a row, you know, it's been a month, um, and that's tough. I told the guys they got to be tough-minded. Um, they got to stick together. I think we got guys with high character in there. I think we got a good enough good, good enough football players, and we got to handle whatever we're going to get, and we got to come back and play better next week for Chicago. That's it. I mean, it's, you know, the cliches are, uh, you know, a loss to the Bears – and the season will feel like there's almost no recovery, though there is time. You'd be two and five and five straight losses. People don't come back from five straight losses in the NFL that often at all. Then you're going to have to flip it and win five in a row. So the likelihood of both of those things aren't very strong. So you've just got to find that one-week approach. How do we beat the Bears? That's what it's got to be as as it looks right now, as it feels right now. Nothing feels right for the 49ers, um, but that doesn't matter. you just got to keep going and keep finding a way because it is, it's been ugly and rain didn't help. It didn't. I mean, there was sloppy play. There was turnovers. There was mistakes, but the reality is Colts played in it too. They haven't been a great team. They made some weather mistakes early on, but they win 30 to 18. So the Niners are reeling, losing four consecutive games. First things first. 31 of 34, 323 yards and two touchdowns as your Las Vegas Raiders have barged into first place, headed for the bye, and now they've got two weeks to get ready for the New York Giants. And that right there, Brent Musburger on the call. You heard that right here on KHTK. Uh, Another case study, right, of how quickly things can change in the NFL. Just a couple of weeks ago, the drama that's going on with John Gruden on the heels of the Raiders' worst performance looked awful against Chicago. I mean, just awful. So Rich Passaccia comes in. Gruden's gone. Uh, how are the Raiders going to play? How are they going to function? Go to Denver, get a get a gut check quality galvanizing win. Come back home. Uh, Eagles score first. Raiders have a bad turnover early. But after that, then they scored, what, on like six straight possessions they were cruising. You heard the stat line there that Musburger gave to Carr. He was he was terrific. And uh, let's hear from some Raiders in the reaction first. Coach Basaccia. 
football-wise, you know, on the field, he's a tremendous leader. He has an incredible understanding of what we're trying to do on offense. And off the field, you know, Derek is the, the voice of the Raiders right now, and the players always want to listen to him. They always go to him. They ask him all kinds of things. So we can have conversations about a lot of things. But he, he's a tremendous leader, both on and off the field. Well, kind of in that cliche statement, right, the, this moment, the moment they went through, looks like it did bring the Raiders together. The situation that they had to go through with John Gruden looks like it brought them together. Carr deserves credit for that because he's the one that had the longest relationship as far as players go with John Gruden. Here's Carr postgame. I'm just trying to do everything I can to encourage, uplift, and motivate our guys uh, to keep going in every situation. So it's not only me, but I appreciate him saying that. Well, we're having a blast. You know, winning is fun. You know, that, that's for sure. Sometimes you forget that along among a lot of the questions, a lot of the things going on. Is, it's just still a game. you got to remind yourself, have fun when you hit the field. You know, and uh, we are having fun. You know, it is something that we're preaching. Man, have fun. Have a blast. We work too hard. The guys are making plays, and the, the expression, you know, the swagger that our team is showing is coming out, and it's fun. Five and two. First place in the AFC. Lincoln said it the, uh, a couple weeks ago when he was on with us. He'll join us on Wednesday if they can somehow beat the Broncos, you come home for Philly, you can get into the bye week. We didn't know that they'd be in first place, but they could be 5-2. and two. It's exactly what happened. They're 5-2, and two, they've got a bye week, and then they've got the Giants. The Raiders have been kind of going this way the last couple of years with strong first halves, and then they fizzled at the end. But what's happening around them, remember Denver was 3-0? and oh? Well, they've lost four in a row. Uh, Kansas City, they look broken right now. Their defense can't stop anybody. And Mahomes had a day where he didn't have a touchdown. Uh, that was scary, by the way, when he got hurt in that game. So they're 3-4. and four. And then the Chargers, I think that's a good football team, but they're 4-2. and two. You're ahead of them. You, you're, you play, you stay your course, you do things right, you stay together as a team and keep getting the games you think you should win. I don't know that I see this great football team in the Raiders, but there's some marginal teams, good teams that get in the playoffs. Why can't it be them? There's also an argument that could be made. Yeah. Are they doing better without Gruden? It seems like it. It really seems like it. I don't know that they've played the most brutal two-game schedule. It doesn't matter. Uh, the Bears weren't a, a juggernaut team when they had the last game with Gruden. That was their worst game of the year. So here they are, 5-2, and two, set up very well, get a break, get some bodies rested, go into the bye, and then uh, they have extra time to get ready for the Giants, who um, you know just have a couple of wins. So things going well at the moment. For the Raiders. Things are getting better. Things are getting better. First things first. First things first. first. All right, Monday Night Football tonight. The Saints and Seahawks coming your way. That'll be here at 4.30 when we get you to the pregame. Uh, the Seahawks, obviously, without Russell Wilson, aren't at nearly as dynamic. Geno Smith's going to try to save the day, and, and as bad as it feels like it's been for the Niners, uh, they've been injured. Uh, the the injury to Russell Wilson, though, for the Seahawks has just been so damaging. They're two and four. The Saints are the weird team of the year, right? Uh, I, they've looked good at times. They've had puzzling losses. They're three and two. Uh, so that one will be coming your way, like we said, at five o'clock, four thirty pregame with the Saints taking on the Seahawks. All right, one more on first things first. First things first. First things first. Well, the World Series is all set. Not the World Series I thought would happen before this uh, tournament got going, but we do have it all set after this on Saturday. Rounds one to short. Swanson has it, throws to first. The Braves win the National League pennant. 4-2 over the Dodgers, whose reign as National League champions has just come to an end. 
Charlie Steiner there on the Dodgers radio network. Congratulations to the Braves. Uh, Chris, nationally, I think, obviously, if you're a Dodger fan, you're upset. I think there's a lot of people that root against the Dodgers. Certainly the Giants fans will root against the Dodgers. Astros and Braves, the Astros have the cheating scandal attached to them. Are people rooting for the Braves nationally? I I, I don't even know what the, the pulse on this one would be. I think it's a, uh, eh. Yeah. That's where someone did ask me earlier today, Pat, from our um, sister station, Kansas. I said, who do you want? I said, I literally don't care. It'd be at cool all. if Dusty Baker won. That's my own. That's the only thing that's pulling me at all is Dusty. Is probably is something I'm pulling for. I think I like the Astros less though collectively than Atlanta, but no ties to Atlanta. Not really fired up for Houston. It's just Dusty Baker for me. Do you know my favorite stat is? What's that? You know how the A's are just out of it. They're getting close, but then just out of it late and no chance of making it up and just not going to make the playoffs. And oh man, squandered season. Uh huh. The Braves had two more wins than them. I know. Isn't that amazing? I mean, and think about what did they have? 88? 88. And here's the Dodgers and Giants with 107 and 106. And, uh, you know, Dave Roberts uh, afterwards was talking about this Dodger season. Did you just feel like you ran out of gas tonight? I hate conceding that. I just felt that we had the players that were active that could still win this series. We were ready to play through October. Uh, we just didn't get it done, but... When you take hits like we took, they're still, you know, our best. I, I don't know. It's just, I, it, it's tough because I don't want to take anything away from the Braves. They beat us in a series. We put our best foot forward. We fought, and they beat us in a series. They're going to look different, too. They're going to change a lot of players. I agree with Roberts. Baseball is a lot harder when you have to play 162 games instead of 60 games. I saw that floating around, right? What was the st- – and it's actually amazing. The Dodgers have – is it one World Series since like 19 – on a full season, since like 1980 or something 1988. like that? 1988. Yeah. Well, they got it in 88, but I yeah. think before oh, that – before that? 81? 81, so yeah. Before I was born. Yeah, so it's since 82, I guess. That franchise that's won a ton of games has one World Series in a full – season and the Atlanta Braves are in the World Series some are comparing the Dodgers to the 90s Atlanta Braves right always making the playoffs yep. always getting there and then boop and one World Series they lost a couple uh this year they were good I don't know if the Giant Series took it out of them he, he's Robert said it right you got to give Braves credit they they want it um and they're still doing it without Acuna their best player but I it's I think it's what he said it the injuries caught up to them yep it did it did. And because I, you have to pay more than 60 games. <laughs> and uh, I'm anxious to see what kind of turnaround they look like. They're going to have a completely uh, different looking players. At least we think they'll have some different roster uh, moves going in the offseason. One other note before we break, too, uh, coming from the NFL today, it looks like the Packers have placed uh, super stud receiver Devontae Adams on the COVID-19 list. That news coming out this afternoon. All right, more for us to get to. We're just getting started. One hour from now, we'll get you to Monday Night Football with the Saints and the Seahawks when we come back. More reaction to the Kings weekend, things we like, things they still need to work on, and some more reaction from uh, the game yesterday. We're back with more after this on Sports 1140 KHDK. Looking cross-court pass broken up by the Kings, but the deflection goes right to Andrew Wiggins. Straight away for three. He drills it, and they were down to three seconds on the trip. Warriors by four, 100 to 96. 
For moments yesterday where the Kings got sloppy, sloppy, sloppy with the basketball. Turnovers, a big deal. We're going to talk more about that uh, coming up here in a moment as uh, the Kings off until Wednesday when they get the Suns. Interesting weekend of the NFL. World Series all set. College football, lots to get you caught up on. Chris, was there? they just came out with the details on the Tom Brady touchdown yesterday. If you hadn't seen it, he had a pretty amazing night. Well, he's had a great career, had a great day, got a 600th career touchdown. Mike Evans caught it. Gave it to a fan in the end zone in the front row. And then when they realized, oh, I gave that ball away. So then the negotiations happen. I think the official terms have been released what that fan now got for returning the football. Okay. And if you remember, people are saying that ball could have been worth $500,000. Okay. Which was a big thing. So Byron Kennedy. Not that Byron Kennedy. Okay. You sure? Positive. Okay. Uh, Him and the Bucks. So the Bucks have given Byron Kennedy... Two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady. Okay. A signed Mike Evans jersey and his game cleats. Okay. A $1,000 credit at the team store and two season passes for the remainder of this season as well as next season. You know what? That's pretty fantastic. I mean, I know it could be worth more, but, you know, he could turn those other things around if he'd like to and sell them. Not to the same value, but. What are you getting for the $1,000 at the. I know you've already got this this really cool stuff. So, like, if you get the the jerseys and cleats and stuff like that, generously a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, generously. But tickets sell- for the rest of this year and all of next year—that's pretty hefty. Especially if they're—I mean, well, he's down low. He must have—I don't know. You can argue the end zone seats are good. They're bad. They're, they're a little bit weird because um, it's not the best vantage point. You're close, but you can't tell when how far plays go, especially when they're running away from you. So. All that being said, what if it was your favorite team and that happened to you, what would you do? You're not going to believe what I'm going to say. What do you think I'm going to say? You're going to say give the ball back. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in not even in hopes, but I think I would. they would probably the give thing, something. Here's the thing also as well. This guy gave the ball back. You know he's not thinking, oh, this is worth five. I could get five hundred thousand right, dollars. Right. Like when the whole Barry Bonds baseball you is knew going that around. Was a big deal. Yeah, you weren't giving that back to Barry. Well, I wouldn't have guessed. Like, what's the six hundredth touchdown? Like, he's, yeah, he's getting more touchdowns because I think it's based off of. It's based off of his first touchdown ball sold for like four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And this one's not a record. Like, he yeah, it's not ha- a record. Yeah, they'll he'll end up with more. He might get to seven hundred at this rate. Who knows the way he's playing. Maybe not, but it's not. It shouldn't be. As, it won't be. As, it wasn't his last. Yeah. But if someone came up to you at that moment and said, "I will give you five hundred thousand dollars for that ball," here it is. Take it. Yeah, I'm giving them the ball for five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you're not giving it to Brady. Yeah, I was assuming they were gonna. Yeah, then they can work out their deal. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. You know, that's not. What do you do, by the way, if you if you're in that spot? Not the. Second See, scenario, here's the thing. The first I think, scenario. I think I give the ball back. Yeah. But I think it's just like, oh, heat of the moment. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Can I get a can I get another ball? Yeah. That'd be cool. Like that's what you're thinking. Wait, and then like the <laughs> Can I run is, a play? What, the crazy thing is, is like, what if he gave him the six hundred and first touchdown right? ball? I mean, I don't know. What's the talking point when you're showing friends? Oh, this is a ball that I have that hey, remember when I I don't know. Six hundred is a number, right? But if you have like, I caught it. This is a ball that Tom Brady threw a touchdown yeah. pass in. Like either way, if it was his eighty third, two hundred nineteen. Like, so, okay, so like the thing I think I say is like, okay, so the next next touchdown pass, can I get that ball, please? You ask them for that. Yeah. Okay, for six oh one. Hey, I'll give you the ball back. Can I get the next one? Can I get six oh one? And 
Yeah. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's See, a bad deal that he got. I don't know if no. he could get $500,000 as they someone suggests, but he got a really good return. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you go to the person who who paid $400,000 for that ball. And a 1000 of the teams. Tom Brady, of, ironically. <laughs> a lot of money. I hope you like the Buccaneers. Obviously, I think the fan did. But, um, well, interesting for them. Interesting for them. All right, yesterday, Kings, Warriors. We mentioned uh, winnable game to me. Warriors didn't have all their players. Uh, Kings had Harkless back. That was good. They're kind of back to their regular mix. Uh, a night in which Buddy Heald and Terrence Davis weren't scoring. Buddy, I thought... Played so well against Portland, completely regressed last night. Just made way too many mistakes. We mentioned it earlier, too, about Fox not finishing as well as we're accustomed to. What do the Warriors think? Well, here's Steve Kerr talking about his key of how they won the game. Well, I think taking care of the ball was a huge part of our defense. You know, we only had seven turnovers, really six, because we took one at the end on the shot clock. Uh, violation and that was the difference in the game you know we um, they had 19 and we had it's basically six so you know we got all those extra possessions and we didn't uh, put ourselves in jeopardy in transition that's the the thing that kills you going against Fox in particular but the Kings have always been a a great transition team over the years and so it, it felt like we kept the game in the half court more in the second half. Yeah, which is interesting because I think, and we had mentioned it after the Portland game, when the Kings get stops and get out run, they're really, really dangerous how good they look that way. They didn't get that enough, and then when you're just throwing the ball away, one, cutting down possessions, giving the Warriors more opportunities, and the turnovers were a little bit different between the Friday game and the Sunday game. One of the things we commented on Friday to watch when you play Utah is if the Kings get going in fast break situation where they have numbers, the Jazz are going to foul you. They're just, they linger, they stay, they don't run back in transition. They stay and attack you to grab the guy with the ball to foul. And if they don't get there, they're still kind of staying and not pushing back. That's when the Kings would do jump passes or cross-court passes, and so many of those were getting picked off in transition. So attention to detail. Little things here will help this team a lot. Um, There's still going to be a game where they just play poorly. I don't think that's happened. I think there's a full buy-in in effort. There's a full buy-in in a defensive focus. It's not refined. It's not all there. But you can see the elements that will make this team a better team. Something I talked with Henry Turner on in our postgame yesterday was, I think, you know, if you really are giving that kind of effort, it takes incredible – you have to be in great physical shape for the entirety because defense is a mindset. It's a it's a it's an approach to – a desire to want to stop the opposing team in some way, shape, or form, and it really takes a lot out of you, and it can impact you on the offensive end. So if the Kings can get in that kind of physical shape where you're still wanting to be a jump-shooting team in the fourth quarter while exerting all this energy, you don't want those legs to go, and it looks like that's been something that's happened to them in the Portland game, in the Jazz game, in the Warriors game. All their point totals are just dwindling as they get to the fourth. So the exciting thing to me is if they can kind of figure out how to be a uh, dual threat team where there's an improvement on defense, still should be a strong offense, well, then you're talking about a spectacular team. We just want to see this team improve and get better and try to get in the postseason. Um, They have that potential to get really good if they can get both of those elements going. But it's not all there. It's not all sharpened up. It's, It's close. It's really, really close to me. But you just got to also avoid what we saw a year ago. 
when they started to lose and a losing streak would happen. And the streak's basically about three or four games. Kings have lost two in a row. You don't want this thing to get up to that four, five, six, and certainly the nine range that it did a year ago. I think they're more balanced. I think they have more ways they can now beat you. But they got to get them all. That first half against the Blazers, 21 free throw attempts. Those have gone down really since the half, uh, since that first half. Uh, rebounding's been pretty good. I think the rotations are pretty well defined. Uh, the home crowd was great. The energy on Friday night was awesome having fans back in there. The Warrior fans brought even more energy when you have two sides kind of dueling. It, it's 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 getting there, but you can't just say that without the last little pieces of, of making sure that gets completed. So I like what I've seen. It's not all uh, polished yet, but what everybody is commenting about is the play of Davion Mitchell. We'll let you hear what some of those around the league are talking about about off night when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Another deep three for Buddy Heald. And there's the franchise record. Buddy Heald missed his initial attempts from downtown, but he nailed that one from 30 feet straight away. He surpasses Peja Stoyakovich with his 1,071st three-pointer in the Kings uniform. Yeah, a little bit of history made over the weekend for Buddy Heald and a loss to the Jazz, but now has made the most threes in Sacramento Kings history. Hopefully many more ahead for him. Got off to a slow start yesterday. Hit a couple late, but uh, was not uh, not the best buddy night at all, I would say, last night. But uh, wanted to talk a little bit more about what we've seen from Davion Mitchell. We, we played the audio several weeks ago when De'Aaron Fox said, I already think he's a top five on-ball defender in the NBA. Now, that was incredibly high praise. And watching him for a couple of games, it actually seems accurate. It really does. Um, he's been in, in so much fun to watch. He is a nuisance to the other team. And I think the moment that he already had on the opener was something I think a lot of us are going to remember for a long time. Davion Mitchell is now matched up with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan drives inside and is tied up. Stolen. They didn't blow the whistle. Mitchell has it. Lead pass. Going to the rim and scoring is Terrence Davis. What a sequence by the Kings rookie. It's 15 unanswered for Sacramento as Davion Mitchell picked the pocket of Donovan Mitchell and then was able to find Terrence Davis for the score. 33-24 in favor of the Kings. And this crowd is fired up at Golden 1 Center. We knew those moments would happen. It was great. It was great to see. Honestly, I thought he had a better defensive sequence even later in the game. And Donovan Mitchell scored. It just shows you how tough it is to stop these amazing scorers in the league. But Davion has been fun, and he's caught the attention of the opposing teams. Here's Donovan Mitchell talking about the Kings' Davion Mitchell. First off, he's he is as advertised. I think that's how, that's how you say it. Um, he's... You know he's he's physical. He's quick. You know he he, he does a lot of solid things defensively um, that disrupted not only myself but a lot of us. You know and he set the tone defensively. You know he got the crowd involved. The crowd. You know everybody call him off night. You know and they they feed off of that. That's and that's a that's one thing I will say that you know he's he's really 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 good at. And you know he's going to get better as his career goes goes on. But for us, um, just being able to play through that. You know their their atmosphere, their whole atmosphere as a group. They're physical. They were running. They're they're doing so many different things. And you're right. You know my five years is probably 
the most physical, I would say, that they've been as far as kind of hitting and doing those things. And, you know, they did a really good job of it. They they beat um, Portland, you know, in, in the same fashion. You know, and that, that's, that's who they're going to be. That's going to be their identity. And I think for us, just being able to play through that, I think, was huge because I last year I don't think we necessarily win that game with the way they played. And I think for us to be able to do that is huge. But, you know, they're going to be a team like that. And it starts – it really starts with, with Davion on the defensive end and, you know, everybody knows our relationship, you know, so I, I got mad respect for him. And, you know, he's going to get better as his career goes on. As the season goes on, too. Pretty amazing praise, right? And I think people can just see it, how he has impacted this defense on an individual basis, on a collective basis. And he's only played three games. I mean, he's got to get better. The team's got to get better at it. They're still working at it. How about Coach Kerr? He talked about him before the matchup uh, last night. Yeah, he had a lot of fans in our our building. Just his competitive desire, his uh, on ball defense. Um, he's uh, he just seems like a like a winner. I've talked to Luke about him. Luke loves him. I think um, you know there it seems like a really good fit for them. Uh, and um, yeah, I watched him a little bit in the preseason. I haven't watched last night's game yet. I'll watch that um, today on the bus. But um, yeah, he very good player and. Um, you know, kind of, kind of guy. I, I, I always admire just anybody who's that tenacious defensively. You have to respect. All right. So that was Coach Kerr before the game, and then we all were hoping there'd be some moments, and it didn't happen that much. Where Davion guarded Steph, there was a lot of times he was on someone else, or they'd get switched, and or someone would set a screen when Davion started on him. Um, but Steph uh, certainly did notice him. Maybe we didn't. I'm playing it. Maybe we didn't quite get that uh, audio correctly. So, uh, Chris, if you end up getting that one, let me know because, um, you know, Davion last night we looked at it and then we go. He was much more of a factor offensively. His career high before last night was three points, three in the two games. Well, then he explodes offensively and has the big game. And you wonder, can one person? change your defense. And it's not like it's all about Davion, but that's where it's beginning with someone that is fully committed. And I just, I've said it before. I haven't quite seen anybody quite play defense the way he does, where it's just relentless. It's never ending. It's kind of that mirror or shadowing you. It's just, it's a unique way. And he's, he's very instinctive. He can beat you to the spot and he just doesn't give up on a play. Let's hear what Steph said last night. I think, uh, all that hype about his defense, the man was an offensive assassin. <laughs> so um, I'm sure he had that in the tank. But, you know, he has, <clears throat> again, a knack for just own ball presence. And obviously the way that we play, you got to do both. So I'm sure he he felt a little bit of that. But, you know, just the confidence of a guy coming in, it's, it's his third game in the league. Like, you know, he's a lot of room to grow. But you could definitely tell he has all the tools in the kit to, to be a defensive, you know, stopper. Um, just a, uh, a pest out there in, in the best of ways. And that's it. You know, Davion apparently is the one of the ultimate um, workout guys, right, working on the court. We've heard stories already of, of trying to keep him off the court, but we also learn more about his film study, his attention to detail. And so now he's seen Steph once. He's seen Dame once. He's seen, you know, some of these guys uh, – He'll see him multiple times as this year goes on, and he'll have his moments. He'll have his opportunities where he'll he'll. There was one time Steph shook him pretty good, 
in the game. That's going to happen. Offensive players generally win more of those matchups, but can you make it difficult? And he has done that more than so, uh, you know, his share of it. And I think others are buying in. I think collectively we're really seeing this team emphasize that they've just got to do it uh, for four quarters and most consistently. And they were an awful defensive team last year. It looks better. Some of the statistics suggest it's better, but it's not all the way there. And the amount of trust already that Luke Walton has. I mean, Davion's getting in there high 20s, if not 30 minutes a game. He needs to have him on the floor, even with all those other great guards on the roster. All right, we still got 30 minutes to go. Uh, we will get you to Monday Night Football, the Saints and the Seahawks coming up at 4.30. Also, the crossover. Look back at the weekend roundup. Plenty of other things to get to as well as more on the Kings, too. Uh, we're back with more after this on Sports 1140 KHDK. on Sports 1140 KHDK. Jason Ross here with you. Bottom of the hour is what we'll take you to. And then we've got Monday night football as it's the Saints and the Seahawks. Kings will be back in action on Wednesday in Phoenix against the Suns. Spent a ton of the first hour talking about Sacramento, the things we like, things that need to get worked on. Uh, Still to kind of recap some of that, the impact that Davion has had on this defense. Uh, Though it's not completely there. Defense is better. It needs to get a lot better. Uh, Turnovers. Last couple of games have done the Kings in. Uh, fourth quarter offense has been bad. De'Aaron Fox hasn't been the finisher yet that you expect, but that's probably much lower down my list of things that I'm worried about. But if you think about that, when you play other great teams, uh, and this happened last year where the reason that Kings would win some of those games was because they did have the best player on the floor, and it was De'Aaron Fox. Uh, that hasn't happened yet. And, you know, when you play in Lillard and Donovan Mitchell and even Steph Curry, you're thinking, oh, man, they're going to wake up. There's going to be a moment, and they've had more moments, I would say, than De'Aaron has so far, uh, but a long season to go, and you know De'Aaron still has that ability to not necessarily flip the switch, but just start to dominate games, and I think he's been emphasizing his defense, too, and trying to be someone that facilitates and gets others involved. We've seen Harrison Barnes play at just a great level. Uh, just hopefully everyone else can can start to match that, at least in a more consistent way. Uh, some things that happened over the weekend, just one other thing, at least NBA-wise. Uh, you see the Lakers and uh, Lakers getting that fight, a team fight, their own sideline on Friday. Apparently, things are a little bit better. It helps when you win. They got their first win last night as they beat Memphis, but had to hang on to get that. So certainly something to watch, see if there's anything there with what's going on uh, with L.A. Uh, college football, Penn State, Illinois, that game went nine overtimes. College football's new rule after two possessions in overtime when each team gets the ball at the 25 then from that point on it's just two-point conversions they were switching sides of the field it just uh, either team couldn't get that play they needed from basically the three-yard line uh, until the ninth overtime when Illinois was to their backup quarterback after the starter got hurt and they found a way uh, to beat Penn State locally UC Davis won Sacramento State won so both stay in the top 25 continue to move up and it's setting up for what could be a fantastic causeway uh, in November All right, NFL yesterday, the Niners. We talked about them to start the show. They're a mess right now. I don't like the uh, question being asked to Kyle Shanahan if if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback this week against the Bears. It was, yeah, I guess so, was kind of the response. I know he also wanted to reevaluate the tape and look at the film, see what he saw. Um, Last night's part of it is hard to tell because of how drastically bad the weather was. But the Niners didn't play well. Jimmy G wasn't great. The team wasn't great. 
the Colts played in the same wet weather and found a way to get it done and came back to beat the Niners. So um, Niners are reeling. They've lost four in a row. They get the Bears in, in what feels like a must win just to redirect the feeling. You've already had the bye. Like you're supposed to, after a bye, maybe just recharge, rejuvenate, and hit your stride. Well, they have this game. So now you got to find a way to just beat the Bears, another team that's, uh, you know, just okay. The Fields has had some line issues, some identification of, of where pressure's coming issues. Niners need to take advantage of that. Maybe maybe their defense wins them a game while they get things sorted out offensively this week. Raiders and Carr, they look good. Uh, they go into the bye week in a great position. First place in a, in a good AFC West. Uh, AFC West, though, that is leaving us with some, some question marks because of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think most people going into the season put the Chiefs as the team to beat. And the reason you do that is Andy Reid. They've been in the Super Bowl the last couple of years. They won a Super Bowl. They have Patrick Mahomes and all sorts of talent. Even looking at their offensive numbers this year while they're losing games, they were scoring at, at as great a rate as they ever had. Their defense has just been awful. But yesterday, everything went wrong. Defense couldn't get stops. Mahomes uh, got hurt. That was later in the game when nothing was going right. Here's, uh, here's what happened to the Chiefs. Mahomes is going to be hit, and the ball's out. The ball is out and picked up by the Titans. And Mahomes is hurt. Mahomes is hurt. He got hit in the head. Mahomes fumbles the ball. He is down and injured. Chris, you and I were just talking about this during the break. Yeah, he cleared concussion protocol somehow. His eyes didn't look right. He looked knocked out. He looked knocked out. When they showed shots of him on the ground, he looked knocked out. Yeah. And, and then he had to like, be helped up. up. His eyes weren't right. I'm like, this uh-uh. isn't good. And then he needed help yeah. off the field. And then it was, yeah, I'm good. Like, what? Yeah. Like, if you see a boxer get knocked out in it's a over. fight, well, you see that. And then uh, very rarely, it happened to Pacquiao years ago, where like, they're down for a long time and you need medical personnel. But usually you see someone get knocked out. And they're, they stay down for a little bit. They're a little hazy. And they sit up on a stool. And then they get up and they're, they're walking around. And it, if you didn't know any better, they look fine. It's like, oh, they're walking around. They're fine. That's what Mahomes looked like. Yeah. But, like, if you got, like, knocked out, you don't want to, to play more that. football. <laughs> yeah. With a, yeah, getting hit. And um, they just had a brutal day. And as far as the on the other side of things, we got to look at some of the teams that had the great day. And it was the team that was playing the Chiefs, these guys, the Titans. Play fake. Tannehill rolling right. He can run this hand. Let's have a little finger roll. Touchdown, Titans, as Tennessee is rolling over Kansas City with 248 remaining in the half. Again, football can change that quickly. You think about the Titans a few weeks ago. Remember they lost to the Jets? I remember the Titans. You do remember the Titans. Lost to the Jets. 27-24. They were 2 and 2. What do they have what what is this team? What are they going to do? Then they beat the Jags. Okay, you expect that. They beat Buffalo in a great Monday night game and you back that up with a win against the Chiefs. Now all of a sudden you feel completely different about them. They're 5 and 2. They've been a playoff team the last couple of years. All the things that made them good before are in play. Julio Jones is added to the mix with with Brown, with, of course, Derrick Henry. Tannehill has just been that consistently solid quarterback. So they had a great weekend. Last week when I was giving you my top five and bottom five, I was very, very high 
on the Baltimore Ravens. Well, look who they ran into. Second-year pro, Joe Burrow. Burrow in the gun on third and two. He'll look to pass. Quick throw. Nice. Slant caught by Chase. Runs to the 30. Nice. Breaks into the pass. He's sprinting down the middle of the You're field. Gone, the Ravens 40. Pulling away at the 30. 20. 10. Touchdown. Ooh, How great is Jamar Chase? Ooh, 82 man. yards to the house. Where are you on analysts uh, jumping in like that? I forgot about the Bengals analyst. I, if you're, you have to go 100% all the time, though. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I was actually, that time I heard this clip before. Just try to listen for the analyst on what he adds in this clip. Just listen to him. He's the second voice. Um, just listen for it. Burrow in the gun on third and two. He'll look to pass. Quick throw. Nice. Slant caught by Chase. Runs to the 30. Nice. Breaks out of the pass. He's sprinting down the middle of the You're field. Gone, the baby. Ravens 40. See pulling you. away at the 30. 20. 10. Touchdown. Ooh, How great is Jamar Chase? Ooh, 82 man. yards to the house. Unofficially, I got a nice, nice. Go, Jamar. See ya. Who, baby? Who, man? No. Who, baby? Yeah. Who, man? I like it. I mean, it's not my team. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. You still got all the play-by-play. You still got all that in there. Um, he was squeezing that in right between all the different phrasing. Uh, but the, most importantly here, how about the Bengals? That was really a good win. I've been talking about them for weeks about just getting better, kind of the building blocks, but they need a they need a big win. They could have had one against the Packers. They got one yesterday, probably more important because it's in the division. So they slow down the Ravens. They get their fifth win. They were already very, very high on Joe Burrow. I think last year, right about this time before Burrow got hurt, people, more people were talking about Burrow than Justin Herbert. Herbert ended up playing the full season, and then everybody's uh, in love with what he's doing, and they should be. Herbert's great. So is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's doing some amazing things. He had a monster game yesterday, and good for the Bengals to get that. Burrow's final stat line, let me find this. Yeah, 23 of 38, 416. He did throw a pick, but he... Through three touchdowns and Jamar Chase, man, they were worried about his drops in the preseason. Well, that's not a factor now. Eight catches, 201, and a score. So they seem to have a really nice connection there. So Cincinnati, I would say, and Tennessee had the best wins of a of an uninspired NFL Sunday. What was getting me inspired, I will say, though, was in the afternoon, uh, the Lions. The poor Lions. Man, I loved what they did. Onside kick, fake punts. They're tricking the game as much as they can, and they're leading, and they're hanging on, and they lose. They're trying to beat the Chargers at their own game. Or the Rams? Rams. Yeah. Oh. I, I loved it. I, I'm glad they tried it. I, I think they it was smart to do. It certainly caught the Rams off guard. What was it, 10 nothing before the Rams even got the ball? And I really wanted Goff to win that. that oh, that would have been amazing for him. That would have been amazing for him. So the Lions, are is there such a thing as the best 0-7 team? No. Um, the year they went 0-16, they were awful. This team's not awful, but they're just bad. They're just bad. But they're 0-7, and they honestly should have a couple of wins. I don't think they should have won yesterday. They tricked that game up. They had every opportunity, though, to beat the Ravens. Of course, you lose on history on a, a kick that hits the crossbar. I thought they would beat the Vikings, but they lose at the end again on a long field goal. Might be... It might be this weekend against the Eagles. An early look ahead. No. You don't think they beat the Eagles? Nope. Maybe I picked them in my survivor. Oh, I doubt it. No, I won't. I won't do that. 
All right, we do have a final segment coming your way. Uh, we will get into the crossover. Dave's got a question for us. And, of course, we have uh, Monday Night Football coming up. Saints and Seahawks. That's all straight ahead. You're on Sports 1140 KHDK. All right, a few more minutes to go before we get you to Monday Night Football with the uh, Saints and Seahawks right here on KHDK. Tomorrow we'll get into some of the uh, World Series conversation, certainly more on the Kings as uh, they will take on the Phoenix Suns. Suns played Saturday. They're 1-2. and two. They lost their home opener, so you know they're going to be anxious to try to win at home on Wednesday against Sacramento. Uh, still later in the week as well, we'll get Lincoln Kennedy. We will have Coach Luke Walton. We also will have Chris Landry. So lots to get to between now and uh, Friday here on the show. Um, something else we're tracking. We said as soon as the NBA started, it's not even a week old yet. Remember, the NBA started last Tuesday, and it was the night in which the Milwaukee Bucks got their gaudy brand-new championship rings that could shift into a necklace or had the QR code or the highlights. There were so many different things that were going on there, but they were not only NBA champs, they were linear champs. So they had the title. Uh, they won the opening night, beat the Nets, so they, they hung on to it. Then uh, they got embarrassed by the Miami Heat, so they lost it. So, Chris, Miami had it for a little bit of time. Then Miami's next game, uh, it changed as we have a new linear champ. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest and new... (laughs) Wait, what was that? So who won? The Indiana Pacers. Indiana, Indianapolis. What do you think of when you think of Indianapolis? Our favorite people from Indianapolis. I, I'm missing it. I got Andrew Luck. Oh, yes. Andrew Luck. It's Andrew Luck talking with Tom Hanks. That was? And that was the laugh that came out of him. All right, I got to play the audio you took this from. Were you studying, like, the social media after the game? No, no. I stay off of social that, media. That is... I, I'm just a little too old for social media, the, I feel. The secret of getting into this world is to ignore anything they say about you. I got to hear that again. That laugh is amazing. That la- how, we would constantly play audio of Andrew Luck, and that's the first time I think I've heard him Where laugh. did you find that? Uh, I've got my ways. Okay, one more time. Like It's like where I find uh, Fire Falcon. Yes, yes. The hit that's sweeping the nation. Were you studying, like, the social media after the game? No, no. I stay off of social that, media. That is... I, I'm just a little too old for social media, the, I feel. The secret <laughs> of getting into this world is to ignore anything they say about there, you. There's about three extra uhs in there. I hear something new every time, and yeah. the one that got me was at the very end. It was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so that is our Indiana Pacers current linear champion sounder, right? Correct. Okay. So they are playing right now. Uh, oh, we got an update. The linear champs are uh, behind. That wimpy deer. The Milwaukee Bucks could be two-time champs. They had it already. Uh, they lead 14-12 to 12 in the first quarter. Who is going to be the first team to defend the linear championship? Oh, wow. We shall see. We shall see. All right, so fun there with the linear championship. It's still in the East. Uh, hopefully the, uh, sometime soon the Kings will be playing for it. All right, let's get you the uh, crossover from the morning show. <laughs> What's happening on the Carmichael Dave show? Let's find out right now with the crossover. Here's today's crossover. 
Jason Ross, there is audio Christopher Lodd can grab of somebody trying to climb into the Ravens broadcast booth as a longtime college football and NBA broadcaster. What's the weirdest experience you've had in the booth? Uh, I got a couple there, but let Chris, do you have the audio? This I was do. circulating uh, with that Ravens-Bengals uh, game. Tyler Boyd has it for a short gain out to the 34-yard line. Again, impressive coverage what, by what, Anthony what are Avery. You doing? What are you doing? Third down and six. Burrow in the shotgun. Ravens bunch six along the defensive front. Burrow takes the snap. Blitz pressure coming. He's flushed in the pocket. Throws deep near side. It is broken up. Complete at the 40-yard line. T. Higgins was the target. Anthony Averett had great coverage. And that is going to force the punt team on. If you were listening, you heard Femi say, what are you doing? What are you doing? He was not talking to the players or the coaches. We actually had a fan who was trying to climb into the broadcast booth. She said, I'm a veteran, and I'm looking for a drink. <laughs> yeah, I don't serve uh, drinks at the game. I might make some cocktails at home, but this is not the right time or place. You just never know what's going to pop up or who's going to show up on game day. Wow. I didn't realize it was climbing through the booth. I had heard the story. I thought it was, like, through, you know, the yeah. the doors behind. You would think, because, like, a lot of those press boxes are where the suites are in yes. the stadiums. Yes, So, it's see, when I first saw the story, I was thinking, like, oh, the person is like, oh, whoops. Yeah. Um, You know, there has been multiple times, whether it's uh, been in an, more in an arena where you're, you're exposed to people where they can kind of get to you, uh, where people try to, t- like, when you have your headphones on, you really can't hear people very well, and especially if you're talking, you are now on the air. Um, people have tapped you or taught you know, hey, 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 and it's like, what? <laughs> you know, you're you're totally disrupting uh, what's going on. Um, one thing you said, Chris, that I brought up to you last week uh, when the Hornets Sac State was at Montana two weeks ago, there was one of the greatest in stadium fights I've ever seen, and we started calling play by play of the fight while it happened. But uh, along the lines of what that clip played, this would have been years ago, and it was actually at Sacramento State, where our booth used to be was right by the elevator, and we'd leave our door open. And that kind of created a lot of interesting things because some people would just come in, and you could just feel when there's a presence behind you. Uh, we have a crowd mic right outside our booth, and sometimes people will stand right below it and have a conversation. So my analyst, Steve, went kind of told the guy, hey, look, you're – your conversation is you're right by our microphone. Do you mind moving down just a little bit in a very nice way? He wasn't having that. That guy came up into our booth to, he wanted to fight. Now it didn't get that far, but it was, it was that one. You kind of wonder secure. Like this guy didn't want to drink. He wanted to fight. He was not happy about um, being told to get away from our crowd. Mike, one of the things that I've noticed, it seems like it's getting crazier and crazier. And it feels like there's this. I, I like a drink, you know that. Sure, I like a couple of drinks. Sure, I like to have a good time. But it seems like a lot of this is just people getting insanely drunk. Yep, and they can't control themselves. And they, they don't know what to do. Yeah, and then you know if it happens at a game, that's where we're seeing more and more fights and more and more fans of the same team fighting each other in the stands with people filming it. European soccer fans are looking at NFL games, going like, "Oh man, at least we're not this bad." Yeah, I don't want to go there. There's, I. I feel like my safety is in more danger at an NFL game than any of my times 
going to Europe for a soccer game. Yeah, I don't think I've been in that spot yet where I felt that, but I also, to be honest, haven't been in that many games lately in the last couple of years as just a fan sitting in there in the stands. But um, but I have, and, and you know, you've seen a fight or two near you. It's like, well, I want no part of this. Um, but then stuff gets highlighted, and sometimes, I mean, I still think one of the funniest things was the Suns and Four guy. I mean, he's just punching a guy while sons in four, but I mean, sometimes you, some of these people get really, really hurt. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't like it's, I mean, that. it seems like every week. Yeah. You'll see. Some, and maybe is it, is it one of those things where this has always happened and now More people phones. with cell phones are, I don't it? feel like it doesn't seem like it. I mean, I've gone and to games for years. A drink at the game is so expensive. True. <laughs> True. Um, my goodness. But trying to jump into the booth, that's wait, 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 what are you doing? That was pretty I'm funny. a veteran and I want to drink. Yes. Wow. All right. We are back tomorrow. We will have a full show for you from three until six. We'll talk more about this Monday night game, more about the Kings. The World Series will be beginning. Uh, what's the latest with the Niners and the Raiders, all that and so much more as we're back tomorrow. Uh, stay tuned, though. Monday Night Football coming your way next right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.